No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 25. The first day of spring practice today. So in order to celebrate that, we wanted to get bring on a special guest. And, you know, we always say special guest, but in this case, this one stands out more than other. Like, I don't mean to bring those guys down or nothing, but a former quarterback the first for two years, you know? Yeah, the first quarterback on No Block, No Rock. So, yes, it is a special time for us and our podcast. And it was just an awesome interview. So, yeah. So, I mean, before we get into that, Nebraska Brewing Company, we are in their tap room once again. I am drinking their IPA. It is called what, Connor? Permanent Record. Permanent Record. I'm drinking it once again because it is citrusy and it is very refreshing. It is at what percentage? That is, oh, you know, I yeah, feel like you knew a, this and you were just asking. It's oh, 6.9. Yeah, I'm being nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling a Connor Cavalek. I'm Way to lay that one bit. up for me. Yes. Well, I'm nice. be, so Connor, what you got over there? What are you drinking on? Oh, as always, I'm drinking my Pilsner. Yeah. Uh, the Pilsner is back in cans. We were, we ran out. Apparently, the No Block No Rock listeners are drinking too much of it, which I love. Uh, You're but, welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. But also, the permanent record you're drinking is currently available in cans for oh, a very limited time. I didn't know that. It is. Uh, probably for the next month or so, It will. Uh, we are already looking at running out. We're uh, not happy about it, but it, it is available right now. I think it's $9.99, $10.99, high uh, any retailers around the area. Go check it out. Oh, man, I'm going to yeah. buy that. I'm drinking the Lemon Radler 2.0. It is uh, oh. new here at the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room on tap over here in La Vista, Nebraska. It is excellent. Uh, perfect for a nice warm day. If you look outside, we have 70 degree weather this week here in Nebraska. Mm. And this is a perfect beer to be drinking during the day. So I'm really excited that I got to try that tonight. And uh, you said that this will be getting canned eventually as well, right, Connor? That is actually up for a vote right now. We have two different versions of the Rattler out right now. So if you drop into the tap room, like Mike said, it is in La Vista, Nebraska. If you drop in, ask our bartender about our Rattler Smackdown. Uh, we will give you two samples of each. We get to give you a survey, and you'll get to vote on which one does get canned. So and the, uh, the and that's that, completely free, isn't it? It is completely free. As long as you're 21 years of old. <laughs> years, yeah, years, years of, of age. Old, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as you are 21, you come and ask about our Lemon Rattler Smackdown. We will give you two free samples immediately, and you get to voice your opinion. And Kyle, what were you drinking tonight? The... Taco Oh my oh, gosh, there it is. Come on, you so can put more sexy. effort in. Oh, you yeah. can it's put so sad that the Taco Yeah. So or Kyle, si. still a one-trick pony, but si. that's how good the beer is. So si. if you haven't had Taco Vesa, si. come into the tap room, give it a try. And like they always say, world class in every glass. Okay. Nebraska Brick Company, thank you again. Jamal Lord. Let's get into this interview with Jamal Lord. It was very, very enlightening to hear some of the things that he had to say about his playing career. And uh, I don't know. Let, I'll shut up and let's just get to it. Yeah, let's cut to the interview. All right. Okay. Former Nebraska starting quarterback, Jamal Lord, we want to thank you very much for joining the No Block, No Rock podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you guys doing today? Not what? too bad. Yeah, you're you're our first uh, quarterback on the podcast, so like really? this is an exciting day for yeah. us. Yeah, yes, sir. Right, well, see. So, well, <laughs> it's an honor. So th- this is a, a complete honor being able to interview uh, you, and uh, yeah. So I just say let's let's get started. Yes, sir. Okay. So I think we can make the argument that you're probably 
the most underappreciated, you know, underrated quarterback that, you know, Nebraska's had, at least, of course, in the modern kind of, you know, post 2000s, of course. But like, you know, you set a whole bunch of rushing yards records and total offense records when you were playing. So um, when you think of that, because I think you'd probably agree, right? You, You feel maybe a little underrated in the world of Nebraska football. I mean, it is what it is, and it depends on, you know what I mean, like, who you comparing me to? <laughs> Eric Crouch, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Raider, who you comparing me to? That's, that's, exactly. that's, that's, all, that's all debatable. But, I mean, I was appreciated by my teammates. So, and my coaches, that's all that mattered to me the most, you know what I mean? He's getting their, their, uh, 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 what's what I'm looking for? Their uh, acceptance, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that helped me, helped me greatly along the way. Yeah, because you came after, you know, the golden era of Nebraska football. So, and of course you succeed a guy who wins the Heisman Trophy, takes Nebraska to the national championship game, albeit a loss, but still, I mean, that's significant, yeah. you know? Yeah, so how, how do you feel about being that guy that kind of, that over um, overcomes adversity in that way? Like, how do you feel that you can't kind of handled that in your playing career? Well, that's life, you know what I mean. That's 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 a that's a a, a learning curve, a learning tool. You know what I mean. If I'd have quit then, I'd probably have quit now. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So then I didn't have a choice. It wasn't the fact that well, I have to replace every crouch or I have to do this, I have to do that. No, I had to be myself and play my game at the same time. Just knowing my history of Nebraska football, knowing that somebody had to replace Turner Gill. Somebody had to replace Tommy Frazier. You know what I mean? It's all in it's all in sequence. And it was just me. And uh I was next in line. Well, and I love that, like, you know, if I quit then, you know, I'd quit now, right? Yeah. And so Mickey Joseph met with the media today and was talking about coaching these kids. And a lot of people talk about this stuff is like coaching these kids to be good fathers and good uncles and and you know, just good men uh outside football um and i think that correlates really well with what you just said oh definitely definitely and you know, like i don't i mean i know mickey joseph but i don't know like what's this going what's going on with nebraska football but i know that he's a great guy you know what i mean and and that comes before coaching and at that time and at the time with me being and at nebraska we had great coaches who were also great guys you know what i mean and they didn't allow you to quit they pushed you but they didn't allow you to quit well, and just uh, to fill you in and fill our listeners in, um, Mickey Joseph is uh, has been hired as the wide receivers coach here at Nebraska um, and is part of that shrine of Nebraska quarterbacks like yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I kind of want to go back to 1999, your first year on campus, right? You're from yes, your Bayonne, New Jersey product. Um, so you, you come to Nebraska – when we're still, when Nebraska is still at the A one tippy top of the Blue Bloods, right? So before you, before you came to Nebraska, I'm I'm assuming you were well aware of that. And how much did that play a part in you leaving New Jersey to come to Lincoln, or did you just feel like that was home and that's where you were going to play the most and play the best? Well, uh, I knew the history. I mean. Look at the history. You always, like I said, you always hear the names, the Tommy Frazier's, the Turner Gill, the Eric Crouch, the Scott Frosts, you know what I mean? And those guys in between. It was just a it was just a great opportunity, you know what I mean? Just me 
is me being the first the, the first person in my family to go to college. You know what I mean? And get a scholarship at that. So it was a great opportunity. It was just a uh, it was just perfect timing. Okay. Well, and a name that got thrown out a little bit when you were getting recruited uh, was uh, Carl Crawford, and uh, he decided to take his talents to Major League Baseball instead. And the, the rumors were that there was a plan for you to potentially play defense instead of quarterback if, if you came to Nebraska. Is that true? And uh, what was the mindset of being, you know, coming here to either play quarterback or even maybe even play defense? Well, on my visit to, to Lincoln, I was there with Carl Crawford, actually. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So we went there together and we was talking over the case maybe. He told me, well, I might go play baseball. I'm like, well, I mean <laughs> – Whatever you do, I'm gonna do, do what I need to do anyway. So you, know, you do what you gotta do. And if it's Lincoln, if people meet up in Lincoln, then hey, so be it. Let the best man win. But at the, if, at the end of the day, if he'd have won the spot and he playing defense, I probably played in the NFL a whole lot longer. So right. it is what it is. Yeah. So a turning point in Nebraska football history that a lot of people like to turn to is that fateful evening in Boulder, Colorado, where Nebraska loses 62 to 36. And, you know, a lot of people will point to that game and they'll say that was the moment where Nebraska turned into a very middle-of-the-road football program from then on. Do you feel like that's unfair? Do you feel like maybe fans or media kind of make too much out of that one game? Like, how do you look back on that game? Maybe it's caught us off guard. I mean, they jumped out ahead quick. I mean, that happened quick. <laughs> like, that didn't happen like grad. That didn't happen like gradually. Like they were just gashing us. That happened fast. It was like thirty-five to whatever at halftime, or like forty-seven at, at halftime. So that happened fast. And then, and then, in our offense, trying to play catch up, it was just it was damn near like okay, let's just keep trying to do what we got to do. But they caught us off guard. You know what I mean? At that day, that particular day, they got us. But maybe the next week we probably got them. You know what I mean? And just back and forth, just back and forth for us being rivals with the Buffaloes. You know what I mean? It didn't, it really didn't matter if they were two and ten or us being ten and two. They gonna play us tough. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So just prior to this episode, I was actually just commenting on. I think in Nebraska history, you may, in my opinion, be one of the most level-headed players, always went out there to grind, never asked a single question about what you needed to do. Um, did you ever feel like that was a little bit harder or did you feel that with your players and your coaching staff and the fans that you had, that support base that you knew every time you walked on that field, you were ready to go? Well, I wasn't going to point my finger at anybody either. You know what I mean? I signed up for this job. So at the end of the day, I touched the ball every down. So if we win, then that's what we do. If, if we end up losing, they can put your finger at somebody. And why not the quarterback? He touched the ball every play, regardless, regardless if he scores whatever, whatever. Let's blame the, the guy who touched the ball the most. And I took that challenge. I accepted that, I accepted that opportunity. And it is what it is. Nice. So, Jamal, you played with what I would think is probably one of the most talented tight ends to walk through Nebraska and Matt Harrion. Yeah, what you know, I mean, I remember a moment where he ran away from Quentin Jammer, who was, I mean, was like an all pro in the NFL, had a nice long career. Um, I mean, would you can you go into like how talented he actually was? Because I mean, it seemed like 
he was like a, a square peg in a round hole in the offense that we were running at Nebraska, but he was just, he was just so talented. And, and in my opinion, very underappreciated for his skills on the field. Definitely. Definitely. Him playing uh tight end, I think at like maybe 220 or something like that, but he was moving. <laughs> yeah. His speed was decisive. By the time they knew it, he was behind them, <laughs> behind them scoring touchdowns. You know what I mean? Before they even, oh, this guy's not that. But if you look at him, you won't think he's that fast. Maybe kind of tall, maybe kind of lanky, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But before you knew it, he was in the end zone. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I, I, I'm not sure what happened after I left Nebraska with them switching the offense up and hit, and like featuring him, but I'm not sure what happened with that. Well, I, after you left, and this kind of goes into my next question, um, you, know, you, ha- you post a 10-win a season in 03, and that still results in the firing of Frank Solich. And so that brings on 2004 – and the hiring of Bill Callahan and, you know, this shiny new West Coast offense. You know, we're revolutionizing our offense. Um, if you could just kind of take your back, take yourself back to that period in time. Were you f- fully on board? Did you embrace moving Nebraska moving on to this West Coast? Or did you want to stick to this traditional? You're shaking your head, Vahimah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fast. So t- tell me about it. Use your words. No, I, I, I can't say that guy's name out loud. You know what I mean? Oh, but you know what I mean? The, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't have an answer for that question or even a comment for that question. I know it was just it was just bad timing. You know what I mean? Because my senior year, like going, going into my senior year, everything was set up perfectly. Like everybody was on board. Like they had the brand new coaching staff. There's a breath of fresh air in the building. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, the office wasn't the same. It wasn't the same as it wasn't the same as we had in the past, but it was similar and it was opening up. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't pass, pass, pass. But at the end of the day, if we wanted to, we could with that offense. Mm-hmm. And but and it's going from that offense into the West Coast offense, having those same guys that ran the um, that's that's that was recruited. You know what I mean for a certain offense, and you just change it and flip it like that. I yeah, said it was a, a, a round peg in the square hole, or have you want to put that? Whatever you said, you understand know what I'm saying, all right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I st- and I, yeah, so go, go, go ahead. No. Well, I was just gonna say, um, I still remember his first game versus Maine, and it was a pass play, and the the place goes nuts, and it's like Nebraska fans, media. I mean, we. You know, on paper, it's like, yes, we're moving forward. You know, Frank had that seven and seven season and whatever, like a couple blowouts get against K State and Texas the year before in 03. But it's just like, yes, we're moving on to this new offense. We're not going to be in the past. And it's just like everybody wanted it. You know what I mean? And it's, of course, hindsight's 2020, but I don't know. Always on the other side, right? The What's that? You know, the grass isn't greener. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. You know it. That's what it is. You know, what I mean, you you you. That's what something comes, and then you want to send it back, <laughs> but by then it's too late. Damn, the damage is still being done. You still oh, yeah. that damage. You know what I mean? The avalanche <laughs> is getting bigger. <laughs> You're not wrong. That was getting bigger. <laughs> so you you talked about even in that Frank offense, you said that you guys could have thrown it if you wanted to. Let me ask you this, Jamal Lord. I mean, you are 
you were athletic. You, you could throw the ball pretty well. I think you were very underrated in that, in that uh, regard. Could you see yourself playing in this new style of um, RPO type offense like they run in, in today's college football? I wouldn't want to play quarterback in this offense. You know what I mean? I already did receiver. <laughs> anyway, either you put it, I'm, either way you put it, I'm touching the ball every other play. You know what I mean? Right. And my longevity, like me being selfish right now, looking back at it, I play receiver, sir. No problem. Okay. 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 <laughs> it is what it is. You know what I mean? Just I'm shocked ball. about that answer. All right. As of this current moment, are you ready? Do you have any eligibility left? No, yeah. sir. <laughs> No, sir. No, sir. Ah. They got, I mean, <laughs> Scott know what he's doing. You know what I mean? They're, they're building in the right direction. So I'm just hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. 100%. And so let's stick with, you know, the modern era of Nebraska football, uh, circa 2022. So if you could, you know, give Casey Thompson, you know, a word of advice or uh, a warning to heed coming to Nebraska, you know, what would you tell him? What, what is Casey Thompson in for coming in to play for the Nebraska Cornhuskers? To play quarterback has, at Nebraska. Play quarter, oh, no less, right. Thick skin. <laughs> thick skin. That's great advice. Skin, if he doesn't, <laughs> it's not going to end well. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest with you. Because that 10% of fans is, I mean, not all the best fans are ruthless. You know what I mean? There's a 10% in there that's really, 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 really loud. And if his ears is open to that 10%, it's not going to work out. Because he's going to be so like, oh, Matt. I mean, it just won't end well. Hopefully he has thick skin. Well, when you think of when you were playing in, in the early 2000s, it's like, gosh, now you have Twitter. You got the olds on Facebook talking smack. Like oh, yeah. you, Anywhere you look, you can't escape it. But back when you played, it probably – it was still bad, right? But you yeah. think of today and just how much it's ramped up. There's a whole other monster now. Right. Mm -hmm. whole nother, but it's also a good way to, on the other side, to flip that, uh, to, promote, to uh, promote yourself. You know what I mean? So yeah. that those fans, those, those temperament who are talking, you can also be on that same stage, on a bigger stage. You know what I mean? Replying. Not even replying. Just making actions with your play. Let your play respond to all that, all that negativity, or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. yeah. I guess you you answered my question. I was going to ask uh, when when you met that kind of resistance from this small percentage of fans that always wants to kind of tear down their their current team. I was going to ask, did you ignore it, or did that kind of did that hate kind of motivate you to to just work harder? It. I embraced it, like you said. Even back then, you couldn't escape it. It is what I mean. It is what it is. It was it wasn't everywhere, but if you wanted to find it, you could find it. You know what I mean? And I wanted to find, I, wanted to, I embraced that motivation. It made me angry on the field. I, I played pissed off half the time. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it made me a better person. I got it out of my system. Did, did you find that you played better pissed off or when you were calm? I feel like I know the answer. <laughs> Both. It, it depends on what was needed at that time. Depending on what was needed. So in your career, you wore number 10 and you know you wore number five. Can you uh, talk about why you changed your number uh, in the middle of your career? Number five was corporate. Number 10, he didn't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the honest answer for you. Number, number 10 didn't give a shit. Number five was more corporate. He knew what he had to do in order to, I mean, just, he, had, he knew what he had to do. So you were kind of like Kobe Bryant. You had two little different careers uh, based on I your number. I was Kobe Bryant, but 
Yeah. <laughs> just hold up, hold up. Maybe the motivation behind it was, but you know what I mean? That, that was my mentality. Uh, that's my mentality going into it. my mentality. I love it. Well, yeah, I mean, you hear, you, of course, I'm tired of talking about, you know, the transfer portal or whatever. So, but it's, it's very interesting to hear you talk about how something as simple as just a, a number change can be like, okay, this is new number, new me. You know, you always talk about people needing like a change of scenery or whatever. You just needed a change of number. And a new coaching staff. And it, yeah. It, it, <laughs> came, it came, with the, yeah. came at the perfect time. It, it worked yeah. itself out. Yeah. So uh, like present day, right? So like if you're, you're watching uh, the current Nebraska football team, like what do you – offense is, has kind of stalled and it hasn't produced what we thought it would when we hired Scott Frost. What are you looking at as a former quarterback – Get to gauge like the success or the failures of the current offense. I'm gonna have the guys up front, the O line. Yeah, O line. If the O line ain't worth shit, then we won't be anything. You know what I mean? If they get blown back, then we can't run the ball. Pass play. They, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that they're doing this, but that's what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? I'm looking at the guys up front. They win. They win games and lose and lose games quietly. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, they're still blaming the quarterback. They don't see what's going, what's going on, what's going on up front. Yeah. So, yeah. The big heavies are the uh, unsung heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, Quietly, these guys. This is my son right here. Oh, what's up? Hey, what's up, hey, little hey. man? This is my son right here. What's his He's name? Before. This is Jamal Jr. You call him twice. This is young. Oh, Patrick. all right. <laughs> so he's gonna be wearing number five at Nebraska, then, right? It's he's it'll be all business. He's gonna do whatever he wants to do with his life, sir. That's what, that's great. He's <laughs> academics or athletics. He's gonna get it done. He's a bright. That's kid. right. He's a bright young kid. All right, buddy. I'll come to you in a second. <laughs> well, he's got a great influence in his life to guide him. No kidding, yeah, right? Absolutely. I could just know. I, mean, I I I can just be me with him. <laughs> I can't be anybody else. I can just be me with him. Yes, sir. Well, you know, going back to what you were looking for, you said, you know, the hog mollies up front. And last week, that was kind of our topic was, okay, what are the storylines of the spring? And I, I just kept telling these guys, I go, you're going to get sick of my answer every single day, every single week, month, year. As long as we're in this conference, that's going to be my answer every time now. I don't, I don't care about the flashy five-star transfers from LSU returning punts. Nobody I need an offensive line. Who's blocking for those guys? I know. Exactly. Who's blocking like, for those five-star guys? It can't be yeah. two stars blocking for five stars. That don't add up. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's what we have. I'm just making a statement. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just making a statement. You can't yeah. have two stars blocking for five and vice versa. Oh, maybe you can. I, I'll take five stars behind a, a, a two-star running back any day. And watch him get five yards before he even get touched because the guys up front are doing their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, you put a good offensive line in front of me, I might be able to get a couple yards. You know? <laughs> just, fall, just fall for three. We'll get three, yeah. three, and yeah. we'll just keep on getting three. And, and eventually it pays itself off. No point. Yeah. Hey, while we're on this topic, who, who was the offensive lineman that you knew that you could rely on every time? And is it Rich, Richie Incognito? <laughs> We're getting ready to text <laughs> all of the others. Richie's a different kind of guy, but yeah, but Richie held it down. I mean, all our guys up, up front held it down. You know what I mean? They all had their own, uh, their own, their own strength 
and weaknesses, just like I did. So it, it depends on the situation. And what we needed, that's where we went with the ball. So right now, uh, as of today, spring practice has started at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Do you re- recall any fun spring practice stories when you were playing? Maybe welcoming some new freshmen in or anything like that? No, we really didn't do that. I didn't really, I mean, I didn't get too involved in all that stuff with, with the quarterback. I mean, like, our mentality was way different than what those other guys were doing with the old linemen. Like, we see what they're doing and we walk right past it because we didn't want to get involved in that. You know what I mean? Those guys were getting <laughs> out of control. We, <laughs> we picked our battles, but like uh, just amongst each other, it was all friendly. It was all friendly. Yeah. Kind of along the same lines, but a little bit different. Was there ever a play? And if there are multiple, what, what is the number one where like in the middle of the play, you knew that this was going to be one of the most fun plays of your life. And if so, what was it? Because I, I feel like there has to be several that you just knew you were going to go off. No, if I no, not really. I had to play good every game or do something good every game. You know what I mean? I had to make a play every game or do something that's at the team needed. So I really can't recall this off the top of my head. Uh, a certain particular play per se. Say, yeah, I remember that play. It, it was a couple of them that 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 I, that I can recall now. Looking back at it, then I know I did that, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Okay, so maybe like, is there something that stands out in your memory? Like something that was real memorable for you? Like something that just like when you think back to your playing days, you you know you think back on very fondly of as a game. Yeah, yeah I mean, it can literally be anything. Yeah. I'm going to give you a game and I'm going to give you a play. Okay. I'm give you a game. Because I, I, I remember the A&M game was a big game for us my junior year. In my junior year. I just, I think, the, I think we, before we go to Texas and then going into A&M at a and it was like, man, we can't lose, we can't lose yeah. two in a row. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. And it was, it was just a, it was a crazy week. It was a strange week. And leading up to that, it was like, man, we can't, we don't want to lose this game. We can't lose this game. And uh, we were down by like 20 or something like that and came back and won that game at the end. So that was, that was, I mean, that was memorable because I see the guy, that was a fight. You know what I mean? I seen the fight in these guys' eyes in the huddle, just knowing that, hey, man, we got to win this goddamn game. Right. <laughs> I mean, we can't even do no, I mean, we can't even do no bullshit right now. Mm-hmm. We got to win this game. So, yeah. yeah, so just looking back at it, I think uh, that was a big game for us. And as an individual, I made a play versus K-State my junior year. And I put my hand down and spun back up the other way. It was, it was, it was, it was I mean, I didn't plan on doing it. It was just a natural instinct. But, uh, yeah, I showed my son that play. He's like, hey, man, you was good. And uh, I was all right. I mean, I was, I was decent. I was decent. <laughs> <laughs> Your biggest critic, right? Yeah. yeah why not? I, can, I mean, you, you humble yourself. You know, Jamie should have done like that. So humble yourself. So you, you're one of our guests that, uh, you know, you come from a different era, right? Like we've talked to Kenny Cheatham, we've talked to Abdul Muhammad. Those are '90s guys, and you know, I can't recall uh, out of our many guests like players from the early 2000s. So you know, my question kind of stems from like in that Big 12 era. Uh, where was your most favorite place to play? In the entire Big 12? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Can we, we go, go Big 12 and then any non-con as well? A&M was tough. I like the atmosphere was tough. Mm-hmm. I like what they had going on up there in A&M. That was, it, was, it was a night game. It was just, I mean, the fans had their own little, they were swerving and all that nonsense. It was, it was a good atmosphere. It was, 
Yeah. So AM was a good place to play. My first road game ever, Penn State, 116,000. Mm. 100,000. That, that was life changing. That was life changing. Definitely. Penn State, my junior year. Just, just, I haven't seen that many people in my, at, in one place. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was different. It was different. So mm-hmm. I'll say Penn State, maybe uh, AM. Hmm. All the road games were cool. You know what I mean? Because the fans were, the fans were, they were really living. I remember we played uh, Texas Tech. I believe it was my red shirt freshman year. They were throwing batteries at us. Oh, <laughs> oh was, my gosh. Nice. They're, they're fun people. Bottles at us. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was not. Oklahoma, my uh, sophomore year, the year that we played them in Norman, and they beat us. It was on oranges probably from mm. the top. Like a skull. What? <laughs> yeah, it was it was nuts. It was nuts. And, and come think about it, my wife went to Oklahoma. Hmm. Wow. I see. How often do you bring that up? <laughs> yeah, so it's, 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 it's bad blood already. You know what I mean? So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, Jamal, blood. is is it a bad thing to say that I kind of wish Nebraska would go into opposing stadiums and get stuff thrown at our team again? Is that a bad thing to say? Because I feel like if you're getting well, things thrown at you, you're you're I mean, probably you're winning. It means you're I mean, relevant, you're right? Yeah. That means you are winning. That's why our fans are the greatest fans on the earth, but they're not used to you uh, to losing. That's why they, they greet you on the way out. They're so used to winning. They should we should throw batteries and and, and no, I'm joking. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal, honestly do though, do you do think that. do you do think that. maybe Nebraska fans need to change? our mentality a little bit like we're known as the nice fans and we're going to clap for you. And it's, it's not really an imposing intimidating environment necessarily. Like it does get loud, but yeah, it's not like right. hostile or anything. No, I don't know. I just I feel like Nebraska fans are like cupped now a little bit. They are who we thought they were. I mean, but it is what it is. I mean, they are who they are. I mean, uh, when lose or draw, they are who they are. So you got to applaud and keep it moving. I suppose. <laughs> so let's shift back to your playing career. So you so you wrapped up your career at Nebraska, and you got drafted by the Texans. Um, mm-hmm, the Texans. Can you uh, can you talk about just playing for that organization? Uh, what position did they want you to play? Coming in as an option quarterback, going in the NFL. Talk about that a little bit uh, when you when you left college. Well, I got drafted by the Texans in, in uh, two thousand four. My first day there, they had me at safety. Mm. It wasn't like, well, you might play running back, you might play this, might play that. No, <laughs> <laughs> putting you at safety. So I mean, I just had, I was just, just, I was just grateful. I, I just be drafted and just had the, uh, just had the opportunity. I would have to play safe. I mean, like receiver or running back or something like that. Maybe it worked out differently. But at the end of the day, I played safety. I was blessed to play safety. I was blessed to even get drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's that is something that you don't see a whole lot um, in like the current day and age is quarterbacks being drafted to go play another position, especially like on the defense. Um, and so that's just kind of bizarre looking back on it. You know, like Scott Frost did something similar. Um, yeah, Eric Crouch, too. Yeah, Eric Crouch. Like that was like, that must have been like a more, very more like pop, popular thing back in the day. Cause nowadays you just don't see that a whole lot. I wanted that Eric Crouch journey, though. You know what I mean? I want them to treat me the way they treated him. 
Go play receiver, sir. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Beg you, know I mean? <laughs> you to play receiver. Beg you to play receiver. Did you ever play safety uh, in high school or anything like that? I played corner in high school, but we can't compare high school to the NFL. Though, you know what I mean? That's two different animals. Oh, absolutely. Like a and a pit bull. It just, it, just, it, it just don't add up. You know what I mean? So after your uh, your football playing career was over, uh, there we I read an article saying that you were working in the oil fields. Is yeah, that true? And do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I was up in North Dakota for a little while, up in uh, Watford City, Minot, in, in the oil field with uh, Josh Davis. I know that is, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's my guy. That's my Run brother back. right there. So, yeah, I was up there with him working, and uh, that went south. So I came back home and uh, started life again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we just thought that was kind of a – like, of course – the Houston Texans used to be the Houston Oilers. You become an oil man. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, but, I like, that's awesome, you, boss. I got to feed these kids. These kids, they can hell yeah, them. they can eat them blacks. So on the on the current state of Nebraska, I know that you you did a, an interview with uh, Adam Carricker, and you guys talked a little bit about like I think it was right after the Minnesota game. Uh, would have been two years ago, maybe, okay. and. I things you know mm-hmm. after that game there was not a whole lot of uh not of great. happy people around so unlike the current state of nebraska and and the football program i mean like what are you what are your expectations we're we're going into year five with scott frost and we're 15 and 29 29 do you feel that do you yeah <laughs> do you feel that like continuing down that path and giving Scott time to build what he's trying to build um, was the right decision. And I guess like what, what, like what needs to happen sooner rather than later, obviously winning, but like, what's the expectation moving into year five? I think that, I think that they just need to trust, trust and believe in Scott. You know what I mean? I mean, right now he's getting his players in. I mean, the tender portal that hurts a little bit, but it also, it also can help. Like I'm you know, just filling spots on your team, and I see him doing that. I think they, I think the fans and the, the people that at hand just need to be patient. You know what I mean? Because if you get rid of him now, you saw him back over again. Yeah, go through the yep. same thing over again. Because I don't see anybody out there that's gonna bring us from three and nine to nine and three. There's somebody out there, but I can't say his name. So, yeah. well, come on. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna let. We'll bleep it out. I'm not going to speak into that. <laughs> I'm not going to be into existence. But <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, I, I think that the, the fans just need to be patient. You know what I mean? And just trust in them and believe that, that, I mean, that he gets this job done. And with their back, just make it easier on them. Well, negativity makes it harder for the recruits. It's not, mm-hmm. And it's help, hurting everybody. Not just Scott. It's hurting the recruiting. It's, it's, it, just, it, it just hurts. It's just, just all the negativity. Just all the bashing. There's no need for it. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, uh, I'm kind of going back a little bit. Um, so you said three and nine to nine and three, which a certain coach comes to mind, uh, coach Bo Pelini. Um, so he takes over, um, in the bowl game in, uh, Oh three against Michigan state. Right. Yes, sir. And you bust the 66 yarder. That's right. Love it. So, I mean, cool, my huh? question, my question for you is, was it noticeably different having Bo lead at the helm rather than uh, Coach Solich. Was there a big difference there? No. I mean, the only difference was Bo was more vocal about it. Hmm. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and we know. We know he's pretty vocal. Yeah. <laughs> Coach wasn't like that. But at the end of the day, he needed that. You know what I mean? Because Coach needed that, uh, that vocal presence. Because and you go back in Nebraska history, it, who was the coach that was like that? Tony McBride, B coordinator, yep. right? Yep, yep. Tom wasn't like that. Nope, nope. You need that. You need that, I mean, that, that what you call it, the devil's advocate? The, oh, there you the, go. The, you need that. Everything yes, can't be calm and mellow and blah. No, no, you need that rah-rah. You need that. Yeah, and we heard anytime there was a big game, T.O. would kind of step aside and let Charlie give the big speech. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it worked, didn't it? I mean, like you said, you pick your battles. You, I, I, you call a play designed for who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna perform that play I mean, a certain way. Why wouldn't Tom step to the side and have Charlie do what he got to do? I seen those meetings. I was in those meetings. So mm-hmm. I understood it. I understood what was going on. Not with Tom, but with Frank and uh, McBride. Who's our devil's advocate on this staff right now? Do, you, do we have a devil's advocate? Do we have a ass chewer, a, a red ass, so to speak? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. When was the know. last time you were in Lincoln? I don't know. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Well, you need when to- are you coming back to Lincoln next? <laughs> I'm trying to get back for the spring game this year. Okay. Oh, we love it. Yeah. I'm having my crew back up there I mean, just for a little while, just to hang out for a little while, just go over some old things and just, I mean, just relax. Just reminisce. Well, we got a tailgate with your name on it. If you ever want to, if you want to come down and you can swing by the tailgate and we'll, we'll take care of you and your family for sure. So that's a bet. I'm going to hold you to that too. Yeah, you should. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know that guy. Not not him, not him. (laughs) No, no, we, uh, (laughs) we would love to have you. (laughs) So, but it's a little bit of a walk though. So we're over by the, in the softball field parking lot. So that's uh, around the corner. That's it's scenic. It's not far. But that's right. So I don't don't think it's a change, but it's still not that far from where we need to be. No, it's like a (laughs) 10 minute walk. So, so Jamal, let's, let's plug yourself. What are you doing now? Tell, tell the listeners, uh, kind of what you're doing now. Do you have anything going on? Are you still involved in football in any way, shape or form? Uh, I'm not involved in just, I mean, just just being a family man. I work, uh, I work at UPS. I'm a, uh, I'm a supervisor at UPS. So I'm just taking care of my family, my brother. I'm just living, you know what I mean? Just living for the family. That's awesome. For the kids. That's great. Okay, Jamal. Well, um, I think that could be a good place to yeah, wrap it up. that could be a great place to wrap it up. Okay. Well, Jamal, uh, thank you so much once again for taking your time out this evening no and joining us on the No Block, No Rock podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. You guys have a yeah, good we'll, day. And we'll see Go you in April. Red. Go Big Red. Yeah, we, you Go sir. Big Red. Jamal Lord. Thank you once again for joining us on the NBNR podcast. We really appreciated it. Well, I guess we can get into spring ball a little bit. You know, it's Monday. We're going to release this tomorrow on Tuesday. The man on my left over here, Kyle, said, you know, there's a bunch of little juicy nuggets. Like, what stood out to you today in these interviews? uh, Particularly some stuff that Mickey Joseph was talking about. Um, DeColdis Crawford is apparently not in Lincoln. Um, he needed to spend some more time with his mom. Those don't, are not my words. Don't those panic. Are, those are Mickey's words. Don't panic yet. Yeah. He <laughs> just <laughs> apparently Mickey just thought he wasn't ready to be like an early enrollee. Just give him another semester in high school and, uh, and hopefully we see him in the fall. Um, but you know, some other things like a lot of people talking about special teams, um, Scott Frost specifically talking about special teams. Uh, Mickey was asked like, you know, Hey, who's going to be playing on special teams? 
And he's like, uh, everybody's going to be playing on special teams. And we heard that Matt Masker was running down the field on uh, kick returns. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? Athlete. If that happens, <laughs> I will quit the podcast and now. If Matt Masker is starting as a kick coverage or punt coverage guy, no block, no rock will retire because that's a problem. If your walk-on quarterback from Kearney, Nebraska is fielding punts and kickoffs. <laughs> No, he's just he's running he's running the lanes and he's filling the gaps. And yeah, stuff. no, bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> Next, Devin Hester. I don't. I don't <laughs> think he, Bill Bush will allow he that. Like, he's gonna be a special teams goat. Like the second coming of Matt Slater. Oh god, maybe, Matt Masker. Maybe it was instead of like their third team, it was like their troll team. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like just for shits and gigs. I don't know. I I hope to go. I have my fingers I, I crossed over that, here. I hope that. <laughs> Freaking Mark Whipple was running down the field too. Fuck. Honestly, might keep up with him. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> okay, well, so everybody's all on on special teams. Decoldis is staying with Mama for another semester. Mike, is there anything else from this press these press conference interviews that you stood out? Well, for people that are heavily invested in the Kool Aid, and you know. Have at it. It's fine. Uh, it is tis the season. You only live that. once. Go in. Go in. Yeah, you know, so, go all in. But I will say, don't take a lot away from spring ball. You got to remember, there's 15 practices, and that isn't. And one of those is including the spring game. And then after that, they don't play football for another four months before we actually start playing football again. So don't buy into all this Kool Aid stuff right now. There's still going to be a lot of roster transition and shakeup uh, right now. They have to be looking for a pass rusher. They have to be looking for a big nose tackle of some sort because as big as Nash Hutmacher is and all the weight that he can squat, he can still not fill a 350-pound frame. Hmm. So you're talking about gap responsibilities. I mean, I hope Nash is, is the real deal, but he's a guy that doesn't have a lot of playing experience. So I look for this staff to bring in somebody that can fill that void of a Damian Daniels or a Ben Stilley and get maybe another veteran guy from another school. So don't just, just take it one day at a time. Just remember that what you see today will change tomorrow. So just, so just to, I guess, uh, sorry, my question is uh, obviously your advice is immediately take it one day at a time. But for people like me that are already entirely bought in and think we're winning a national championship, what oh is God. your next advice? What is wrong to, with you? No, go, go to an insane asylum. I'm a Nebraska that's fan. That's what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, there, there's nothing wrong with being a Nebraska fan. There's something wrong with thinking that we're going to go 12 and 0. I'll negotiate down to a Rose Bowl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, that sounds that sounds like confidence from your end. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, just a personal observation, Mike. Kind of continuing on your point about defensive line. I think with the defensive staff largely staying intact, you know, aside from Tuioti. I feel like the defensive side of the ball is taken for granted right now and people aren't talk people aren't talking about it very much. Like of course the offense is going to be the one that grabs the headlines. You know, all the staff changes, all the transfers coming in. I just feel like the defense it's flying under the radar. And is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I don't know. I I just feel like it's not it's not a point of emphasis with fans or media 
at all. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of assuming that they're just going to continue to be good. Exactly. And I'm yes. a little worried about it. Right. Well, you should be worried because when you lose a Jojo Doman, who is like a Swiss army knife, mm-hmm. like you, there's not just like another Jojo Doman. Like, CTB's gone. Yeah, he is his only, like, only he, he is his own position. Yes. I mean, he's a hybrid linebacker that can cover like a corner. I mean, you just don't see players like that on everybody's rosters. And, and to expect that Another JoJo is going to walk in and fill those shoes. That's that's kind of asking a lot, as along with CTB and both safeties. And not saying that they were the best secondary in the country, but those guys they busted their ass and they played really well. So, you know, you, everybody's so focused on this offense right now and the Whipple stuff and the Mickey Joseph stuff and all that stuff. But you got to focus a little bit on the defense because we lost a lot of guys. On both sides of the ball. A lot of seniors with a lot of experience. Yeah. So Flame me if if you disagree with me here, and I'm more than willing to open myself up to that. I think, honestly, as far as JoJo Doman and CTV go, I think JoJo Doman, losing him is going to be much more detrimental to the Husker program than losing CTV. I mean, we saw... I agree. Yeah, we obviously saw some degradation in his skill set over the last year or so. And that's not to say he still wasn't great. He still made some awesome plays. But I think it it he had hit his plateau uh, around like the middle of his junior year, and then we kind of just um, tailed off there. So I I think again that that Jojo Jojo Doman spot is going to be incredibly tough to fill. Yeah, CTB. I think he'll be uh, he'll have a nice career in the NFL. But I think I think the additions and some of the guys that we have been recruiting at the position, I I trust uh, Coach Fisher and doing his job and getting those DBs ready. I just don't know. Who's going to step up and be the next Jojo Doman? Yeah, or taking over for Damian Daniels, too. That Listen, I feel like Damian Daniels was taken for granted a lot. Like, I just, I feel like that's going to be a glaring, if they can't find anybody, that's going to be a glaring weakness. Like, and like I said, Big Ten, hello, line, line, line. Where are you at, O-line? Where are you at, D-line? So, yeah. that's just going to be a point that I'm going to be looking at uh, personally. Um but is there anything else, guys, that we want to touch on? We can touch on injuries really quick. Uh, oh. Guys that are out for the entire spring. Travis Vokalek, Casey Rogers, Teddy Prohaska, Turner Corcoran. Uh, uh, Gabe Irvin. Gabe Irvin. So, I mean, we got a handful of guys that were contributors or mm-hmm. starters last year that will not be seeing the field in the spring. Like I just said, slow down on the Kool-Aid a little bit. <laughs> you got guys that... Are, are not going to practice <laughs> in over 10 months, you know, or nine months. So, and, and I mean, that's even, and, and then you add this new staff on top of all of it. Yes. You heard today, uh, Whipple was like, you know, Hey, there, there's, there's some, uh, Scott said there's some sloppiness. Um, Whipple confirmed that and was just like, yeah, you know, there's some things that we're missing and, so there's just a lot that needs to come together for something spectacular to happen this year. Um, so just pump the brakes just a little bit. Um, yeah. Have fun watching all the cool videos and stuff like that. Um, but there just there's a lot of different elements to this spring that need to come together before anything happens. So the it, motto here on NBNR will be limit your expectations. It feels like a dated reference, but I, I feel like we're living through an extreme makeover Nebraska football edition. Yeah, 100%. we really are. Always. I, it, it's time. you got to give 
Ty Pennington or Scott Frost his time. He will give you a nice house and a nice football program. Give him time. Ty Pennington. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's clever. I, I like that. He, I think even Jamal Lord's like, dude, that's just, that's an old yeah, reference. Yeah, that is an old <laughs> reference. Thank you to all 10 <laughs> listeners that are old enough to get that. Holy crap. Okay. Even that's being generous. So now that we talked about Spring Ball, I think that can wrap up this episode. Um, NBNRpodcast.com. All our past episodes are on there. Past guests. If there's a special guest that if you look through there and you're like, oh, that sounds like an interesting, interesting interview. Chances are it was. So go and listen to it, please. Absolutely. We Merch. don't have bad interviews on No Block, No Rock. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a little biased, but merch. Go get that merch. All the merch. Bumper stickers. Not yet. <laughs> I need I need one fucking person to buy my handbag. One person. <laughs> so I quit catching shit for this. You could just buy it, and then you could say, hey, look, yeah. somebody bought it. It's not the same. It's <laughs> Yeah. No, nobody. I don't know if anybody needs a Kenny Bell <laughs> block on Wisconsin handbag, but it is available. We have cool shirts out there. Special teams makes me drink until they play a game. I will continue to say special teams makes me drink. Is it Saturday yet? And then, of course, the classic No Block, No Rock logo tee with the logo on the front and the back. You clean. know you need to get one. It's very clean, very comfortable. I'm wearing one right now. So, so yeah, after and, you... Well, sorry, two points. Uh, if you are a prospective interviewee, if you've played for Nebraska in the past, you do two interviews, free T-shirt. And free T-shirt. for every... Nebraska makes me drink. Special teams makes me drink. Purchase. Mike will shotgun a beer, and we will post it on Twitter. I'm promising that for him. He's never agreed to that before, but I, I have now decided. Yeah, you know, is, is that something that people want to see? You know, I, I don't know. I do mean, special I'll do teams it. Make you drink? I'll do it. But there is no free sponsors on No Block No Rock, and the beer that I would shotgun oh. would not be a sponsor, so it'll be covered we, in tape. We we can pour it in a in a plastic cup, and you can just chug it. No, I'm, I'm a shotgunner. If I'm gonna shotgun a beer, it'll be a shotgun. All right, that's it. But the, you, you've you've heard it here. You, you're agreeing to this. The the latte, and that's all oh. I will call it, will be there. But it will be the brand will be covered for but. every special teams makes me drink purchase. Mike will shotgun a beer. You heard it here first. Yep, on camera. Yep, at at a tailgate probably, <laughs> <laughs> alongside Jamal Lord. Anyways, um, anyways, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. At NBNR Podcast. Go follow us. Go like our stuff. Go retweet our stuff because it's all good. We know what we're talking about. We need the exposure. We're the experts here. So why not retweet us? Well, duh. Yeah. It I makes mean, you look smart. You see, like those guys that are verified, you know, the Kyle over here is getting in freaking arguments five minutes before our interview with the Jamal Lord. And it's all valid arguments, by the way. So yeah. come on. Go like his stuff. It's material that doesn't come out just once a week. It's entertainment all the time. All the time. Just keeps on giving. All right. Just like we do in BNR. Let's sign off, guys. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. And Connor Cadillac. And as always, DVR. <laughs>